One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health here in Toronto. Cutting-edge, state-of-the-art, compassionate facility. Right now, it is Mental Health Awareness Week. This is the time when they need you most. This is the time when you can make a real difference when it comes to doing something about the mental health crisis and the devastating opioid epidemic, the overdose epidemic that we're currently experiencing, losing 20 people every day. They need your help. Donate at camh.ca slash CanadaLand to help CAMH treat addiction and build hope. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress that is trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. It's a great mattress at a very reasonable price point. Comes with a 20-year warranty and a great deal for our listeners. Douglas is giving you a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. That is douglas.ca slash CanadaLand. As you know, the biggest drug dealer in Canada is the government. Alcohol is not just regulated by our provincial governments. It is sold by them. Most of them have a monopoly on booze that brings them billions of dollars a year and lets them tightly control what liquor you get to drink, where you can buy it, and how much you pay for it. This is a fairly unique situation in the world, and it has created mega-sized booze buyers. About 14 million people live in Ontario, many of them are thirsty, and normally a market of this size would be split up between thousands of different retailers. But no, almost every bottle sold here in Ontario goes through the LCBO, our Liquor Control Board, a crown corporation valued at $12 billion. They are one of the largest purchasers of alcohol in the entire world. To put this in context, they buy and sell over 50 million bottles of wine every year. But which wine? Which product gets my dollar? When I'm standing in an LCBO, or for that matter, in an SAQ or a BC liquor store, standing there stupefied by the range of choices before me, who determines which bottle I'm going to grab? Well, I do, right? Not necessarily. My process is, I've got a price point in mind. I usually know if I'm going to go red or white. 
And then uh, I just kind of leave it up to the number, the rating, the wine's score, the expert opinion provided by an independent professional wine critic who has carefully taken all of their training and their sensitive palate and their perverted obsession with grape skin contact and tannins and all of that stuff and, and converted it into a handy number out of 100, prominently displayed next to or on certain bottles on the shelf, helping a Philistine like me make a quick consumer choice. So, a $14.99 red with a 93? It's got to be decent, right? Well, today a wine critic spills all. He will give you an insider's account of how the government liquor barons have stained the independence of the wine press. And he will expose one particular wine influencer who has been sipping from both ends of the flute. Does that make any sense? Does that work? Do, do flutes have two ends? All right, enough of my wine puns. Over to today's report from Andre Proulx, who will dig up the dregs. Wait for it. This episode is brought to you by Leslie Harrington, Liam Mitchell, Christopher Windsor, Zachary Schroeder, Emily Perot, Lisa Smith, Patrick Rainville, and Jen. Hi, my name is Jen, and I'm a freelance journalist based in Ottawa. And I support Canada Land because I'm a big believer in independent, objective, nonpartisan journalism that isn't funded by government, but it's funded by its listeners or its audience, which Canada Land is. Also, every sketchy thing that I know about we, as well as Vice News, as well as the Irving family on the East Coast, I learned through Canada Land, and I'm grateful for that. And finally, I find Jesse equal parts irritating and entertaining. So I continue to tune in. My name is Andre Pru. I've been a radio producer for the past 20 years, mostly working in the newsrooms of talk radio stations. This is a big piece of public land that the province is trying to revamp and the city is trying to leave alone. Mayor Chow, like about a million people a year, she has been using Ontario Place as a park. My job had me dealing with whatever news stories popped up in any given cycle. So my work life was filled with murders, fires, politicians, strikes, and all that serious stuff. That's why it was such a treat when my hobby became a part of my job. When I was 27, my boss gave me a radio column, a few minutes on the air each week to talk about wine. This was back in 2010. It's now time for the Ontario Wine Review, and we're joined in studio by Andre Pru. And Andre, a very exciting weekend here. The Ice Wine Festival's going on. Yes, definitely. Well, I guess not so much right here in Toronto, more south of us. Absolutely. You go down to uh, Niagara-on-the-Lake, uh, almost all the wineries that are producing uh, ice wine have different sort of... It was a nice escape from all the weather and war. At first, I had to pay for my own research materials. I would head to the LCBO every week and grab a couple of bottles of wine that I thought might be interesting to review. And after about a year, the segment took off and the wine industry started to pay attention to me. Free bottles started to show up at my house and at the radio station. And when you're 28 and a lot of free wine shows up at your house, you're a pretty popular guy. Over time, my profile as a wine guy rose, leading to freelance work for Quench Magazine, 
I also began writing wine picks for Toronto Life's magazine annual gift guide, where I still choose just 40 to 50 bottles to highlight each year. Now, my readers might think that the wines I recommend are the best bottles anyone can buy, but they're not. They're just the best bottles I've been sent free samples of. That's just how it works. It's simply not possible for me to try everything and select the best. And if I bought my own stuff, I would actually lose money on my wine writing, especially if you're drinking the good stuff. Here are the economics of wine reviewing as I know them. I'm paid between $250 and $300 to write a wine reviewer feature. Unlike a food critic who can file an expense report for meals at a restaurant they're reviewing, none of the outlets I've worked for reimburse me for the wine I review. Meanwhile, the LCBO releases over 100 new products every two weeks. Only a handful of them ever get sent to me for review, and as a result, most wines never stand a chance of being reviewed. Not by me, probably not by anyone. There's a funny disparity in these economics. A positive review or recommendation from me in a magazine like Quench or Toronto Life can lead to thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars in sales for any given wine company. But what it's worth to me, beyond the joy of my craft, is just a few hundred bucks. That disparity, as you'll soon see, is ripe for abuse. This episode is brought to you by Article. I'm so glad I invested in some patio furniture, like kind of like a whole living room for uh, our outdoor space through Article because like the outdoor season lasts really long these days. And we are like hanging out and hosting people and barbecuing all through September and uh, doing it in style. Article makes shopping for stylish furniture super easy, even fun, I'd say. We got stuff inside our house. We got stuff outside. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and boho designs make furniture shopping simple. The website is a dream to use. The stuff shows up. It looks even better than it does on the website. It is really affordable for just how stylish and expensive it looks. They want you to try them out, so they have an incredible offer for listeners to this podcast. They're offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim this, visit article.com slash CanadaLand, and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash CanadaLand. For $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. It didn't used to be this way. Until 2019, the LCBO had a tasting lab for journalists, open every two weeks at their headquarters in downtown Toronto. Back then, we could try hundreds of different wines, pretty much any and all of the new stuff that we were curious to taste. This was great for our criticism, great for our readers and listeners, and yes, it was great for us. I mean, it was an awesome perk. Those days were fun. But then they started limiting our options. Suddenly we could only sample what they wanted us to sample. That way they could control what we wrote about. And that would in turn control which wines would suddenly be in high demand. Finally, they just got rid of the tasting lab altogether. You might think that I'm overstating the importance of a writing. How many people actually read wine criticism, right? The thing is, the LCBO itself makes reviews incredibly important. Wine sellers, or they're called agencies, can't even get a product on the shelves of the LCBO without submitting a review from a wine critic, and that review has to include a point score. I've seen this process from the other side too. I don't just review wine, I also make it and sell it. It's a bit more than a hobby and less than my full-time job, but I knew that if I wanted to get my wines rated, I had to send free bottles around. It's just how it works. Ben Hardy runs an agency called Vintage Selector. I asked him how important wine reviews are for agencies that want to see their products on the shelves of LCBOs. In my experience, I would say they're 
basically essential. In my personal experience, I have never had a product accepted that did not have a minimum 90-point score from a recognized source. If wine reviews are so crucial to the LCBO, then why curtail our ability to write them, I decided to ask. Now, I've never had trouble getting an LCBO rep on the phone before, but this time, for some reason, they wouldn't give me an interview. Instead, they sent me a written response. The suspension of tastings during COVID allowed us an opportunity to evaluate the media tasting program and to explore other avenues to connect with wine writers. While we are not resuming the media tasting program, we encourage writers to reach out directly to the producers and agents. So that's one problem right there. Not all wine producers and agents are big enough to send free bottles to critics. So this move largely limits our writing to releases from the big agencies. The LCBO, when they started to tailor down or edit down the list, yeah, that was you know kind of a disservice to the listings as a whole. That's Chris Waters, wine critic for the Globe and Mail. Then when it went away completely, never to return um, post-pandemic, it signaled a different intent for the marketing and development. And now I think since the pandemic, I've been invited to one thing. I believe it was a store opening. That's the only time that I've heard from the communications team. The consensus, I feel, is that the LCBO has kind of turned its back on us old school wine critics in favor of influencers and other social media voices who are less likely to be critical and more likely to say nice things about the companies who give them nice things. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the LCBO's virtual event, Essentials, Perfect Wines for Gifting. We're going to talk a little bit about why the wines make such great gifts, especially at this time of the year, but at really any time of the year. And, of course, there's another, more direct way the LCBO influences the wine press, and that's through their own big, glossy, free wine magazine. You may know food and drink as that nice freebie you pick up on the way out of the store, but some publishers know it as the deep-pocketed, taxpayer-subsidized competitor that drove them out of business. Chris used to be the publisher of a great wine magazine called Vines. He told me how hard it was to sell ads to wine companies when his competition was also the biggest wine store in the province. Basically, every call that we made, we were told that they loved the passion. (laughs) They kind of liked the product, some more than others. But every sales call, every kind of partnership call that we made or investment call that we made, people would go, that's great, but the LCBO is your biggest competitor, so... We don't see how you can grow when the actual monopoly that sells the wine that everyone wants to cozy up to is also selling ads. I think they borrowed a lot from us um, as they expanded and became the magazine that people know and many wine consumers love now, not realizing that it's a catalog, it's a pay-to-play catalog, not a magazine. That was the early... One of the early distinctions is that people don't see the difference between advertorial and editorial. Vines ceased publication in 2019. These days, there are few publications that even publish wine reviews, and the ones that do seem to skew towards the inflated reviews favored by the LCBO. And that brings me to Carolyn Evans-Hammond, freelance wine critic for the Toronto Star. For the record, I don't have any kind of personal or professional conflict with her, She's never given my wine a bad review or declined to review my stuff. We've never competed for a writing gig. It's nothing like that. She's just someone I know from my work in wine. Everyone in the industry knows her. 
You see, Carolyn Evans-Hammond is the rare wine writer whose work caused a scandal outside of the wine world. When in 2017, she paired a $14 Augier Ventoux Rosé with the movie 12 Years a Slave. Here is an excerpt from that article, voiced by Canada Land's Charisse Suturin. The cruelty and accuracy of the events pictured make it a difficult film to watch, but at the same time, important. So offset the searing cinematic discomfort with this smooth, dry, understated rosé. It soothes the senses with sheer flavors that suggest citrus, stone fruit, and gentle strawberry. The column was widely denounced for being offensive. The Columbia Journalism Review reached out to her for comment, and Evans Hammond stood by her review. That is, until the star unpublished the offensive parts because, quote, they did not meet the star's standards on taste. Everyone makes mistakes in judgment, but the next thing I'll tell you about Carolyn Evans Hammond seemed pretty intentional and consistent with most of her work. In January 2019, she wrote a Toronto Star review with the headline, This red wine under $8 is so good, it will clear off the shelves. It was for a wine called Toro Bravo, and she scored it 96 points. For context, wine reviewing is a bit more technical than, say, movie reviews, where one critic might use a five-star scale and another might use thumbs up or thumbs down. The 100-point system was more or less standardized by critic Robert Parker and by Wine Spectator magazine. Anything above a 95 is considered classic, better than outstanding, like a simply excellent wine. And while price does not necessarily equal quality, you tend to get what you pay for, so this review raised some eyebrows. In my career as a wine writer, going back to 2010, not once have I tasted a wine under $20 that I would score above 95 points. That would definitely be a unicorn wine. But here's the thing. It did fly off the shelves. Not because it's especially good, but because when you give a sub $8 wine a 96 score in the pages of the biggest newspaper in the country, you're pretty much guaranteeing a run on the product. Carolyn isn't the only critic who tends to rate basic wines cartoonishly high. Inflated scores have become a trend, and certain critics are notorious for it. Next time you head down the shelves at your local wine shop, take a look at whose names are on the gold stickers. Chances are, if you're looking at a 92, 93, or 94-point score, it's written by an American named James Suckling. Then in Italy, we have a gentleman named Luca Moroni, who also notoriously scores wines high. I sat down with Rick Vansickle, a longtime wine writer. He has been a syndicated columnist with Post Media. He is now the publisher of a website called Wines in Niagara. And I asked him a little bit about where we're at in 2023 with the state of wine scoring. Well, let's start with James Suckling. I don't really have an issue with him. He does score high, but he's consistently high. And he sells wine. People trust his scores. And that's fine. He's a high score, higher than most people. But he stays within that. You know, he doesn't veer from that. He doesn't go ridiculously high or ridiculously low. He stays within that that framework of where he's at. And yes, it's helped his career and it's helped his site, his website. And he's now probably the most important reviewer in the world. The most important reviewer in the world? Not necessarily because people read his reviews, but because they see his name in wine stores next to the big, big scores. Remember, if he scored wines under 90, they very likely wouldn't even get stalked by the LCBO, which means Suckling's name wouldn't be promoted in LCBO outlets or other stores around the world with similar practices. This is a temptation for every critic. Give a wine an A+, and you'll be doing yourself a favor too. 
I had a chance to visit some wineries in Chile a couple of years before the pandemic. And Chile is one of the places that James loves to score very high on a regular basis. I asked the wineries what they thought about James Suckling's reviews. And for the most part, they say they consider him to be a bit of a joke. So I, I asked them, why do you put stickers on your bottles then? And they said, well, it helps us to sell wine. Let's return to Carolyn Evans Hammond at the Star. Toro Bravo was no outlier. She routinely scores entry-level wines at a very, very high level. I asked Rick for his thoughts about how Carolyn reviews her wines and what makes her score so different from others in the industry. Carolyn Evans Hammond, as you know, and most people don't know this, but it, it's, it says somewhere in her notes, somewhere out there, that she reviews based on quality versus price. So value. If a $12 bottle of wine overperforms in that category, it's getting extra marks. So a Toro Bravo is getting 96 or 97 points because it represents value. I don't know what she does for a, you know, first growth Bordeaux. Do you knock it down because it represents horrible like it's horribly priced. Does it get knocked down to a 56 or a 60? I don't think so. I don't know. But I think the absurdity of that is, the way she does it, that that little bottle sticker will say Carolyn Evans Hammond, 97 points. But there's no asterisk which says, well, I review differently than everyone else. Welcome to my passion project at the Wine Find Talks. This is where I share one wine that I love, why I love it, and then we taste it. That's the voice of Carolyn Evans Hammond. She has a YouTube channel called Access Luxury, where she hosts a variety of wine-based shows. As you heard, she shares wines that she loves, but they are also wines from agencies that sponsor her videos. She charges them thousands of dollars, according to her press kit. I suppose that's fine. Sponsored content is nothing new. And she does disclose the sponsorship in small print at the end of each video. But I did notice something weird about Evans Hammond's YouTube videos. There's a pattern. Each time she posts a new video, it sits unwatched for a while, maybe picking up a few organic views, usually between 10 and 20. Then, after a few hours, suddenly it clicks in several thousand views every hour and continues until it abruptly levels off at somewhere between 35 and 60,000 views. But her channel has less than 14,000 subscribers. And usually on YouTube, your view count is less than your subscriber count. Not every subscriber watches every video. So where are these views all coming from? This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Uh, it's amazing the things that we tell ourselves to talk ourselves out of getting help. Anybody who's actually gotten help knows that the process of getting things off your chest, of taking your stressors, your problems, and just like not letting them be bottled up, working through just conveying them to somebody, half of the battle is just doing that. You unburden yourself. And you know what? If you have a real mental health professional, no, they don't have magic bullets or magic words that make it all go away. But often they can help you see things a little bit differently and guide you to strategies or tools or to a new perspective that actually does 
BetterHelp. As the largest online therapy provider in the world, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Because you listen to this podcast, you get 10% off of your first month at betterhelp.com slash CanadaLand. That's betterhelp.com slash CanadaLand. This episode is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. Trust is important. There are a lot of mattress lies out there, a lot of mattress liars. And I, I, I didn't intend the pun, but it occurred to me that there is one as I was saying those words. Listen, I am not lying to you. Uh, I have uh, experienced the Douglas mattress. It is an exceptional mattress at a surprisingly affordable price point. It is a mattress that sleeps cool, doesn't have that weird thing in the summer where the mattress gets like an oven. It's a very good product. It's delivered to your house in a box. You don't have to go to a big mattress store. It is a medium firm mattress, which is what Canadians prefer, and it comes with a 365-night trial and a 20-year warranty. What more can I tell you? Douglas is giving our listeners a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. YouTube videos do sometimes pop up from obscurity or even go viral, usually when they get shared heavily or favored by the algorithm. But it's very weird that this happens to each one of her videos and that each one hits the same range of views before the hits die down. I'm no social media specialist, so I asked Carmi Levy, a tech expert and journalist. It almost looks too good to be true at first glance. Pretty much every video has five-digit views and they come very quickly. But you dig a little bit deeper and you realize there is very little, if any, uh, human engagement around the content that's being shared there. The pace with which those views accumulate doesn't seem to be real. You know, it starts very slowly and then poof, uh, you've got tens of thousands of views and and all the videos seem to have the same number. Um, It almost seems like it's being driven by an algorithm, not by organic human engagement or activity. Dan Spearin is the co-director of the Innovation Studio and one of the first Canadians to be named a YouTube partner in 2007. He's also the host of Toronto Tomorrow, and he had some thoughts and raised a couple of red flags about what's unusual about this channel. So when you look at the page and you see a video, for example, that has 40,000 views and there's no comments on it at all, it's really highly unlikely that inside of the YouTube ecosystem, not a few of those 40,000 views would say something. So a lot of the times two things happen. People just buy views and they forget to make it look legit by buying the thumbs up, thumbs down, as well as the comments. Or they buy comments and you can very much tell that there's six degrees of bot. I did ask Carolyn Evans-Hammond about this. I wanted to know if she earned those views or if she bought them. She never got back to me. I asked her about something else too. Something that might be more serious than the possibility of artificial traffic on her YouTube videos. It has to do with the relationship between her self-published YouTube videos and her journalism for the Toronto Star. There's a disclosure about that relationship that runs in the bottom of each of her columns. It says, Wineries occasionally sponsor segments on her YouTube series, yet they have no role in the selection of the wines she chooses to review or her opinions of those wines. There's also language in that small print at the end of her YouTube video saying that when wine producers sponsor her channel, she provides no assurance of other product coverage. Perhaps that's all true, 
But what I can tell you is that the wineries that sponsor her YouTube videos also get featured in her Toronto Star column. A lot. One of those sponsors is Dionysus Wine and Spirits, the agency that brought Toro Bravo to Canada. You remember Toro Bravo? That $8 unicorn wine that Evans Hammond scored in 96? Toro Bravo Wines got full-page spreads from Evans Hammond in the Star in 2017 and 2018. So did Popcorn Chardonnay, another Dionysus brand. The wine I'm sharing with you today is a 2021 Popcorn Chardonnay VQA Ontario. And I think it's just perfect for the Labor Day long weekend. Here's why. What do fireworks and popcorn have in common? They're both little explosions of joy. And it's not expensive either at $15.95 for a bottle. Bit of a bargain, actually. I dug into this and learned that 40% of the wines Evans Hammond features in the Toronto Star columns are from agencies that sponsor her YouTube channel. Companies like Van Philip Dandrand, Noble Estates Wine and Spirits, and The Case for Wine Vinex. The wine I'm sharing with you today is a 2019 Pontificus Grenache Syrah Mouvedre IGT from the Languedoc-Roussillon region in the south of France. Chateauneuf-de-Pape wines start at about $20 in the US and about $40 in Canada, but Pontificus cost less than $10 in the US and about $18 in Canada. And I think it's excellent value. So let's taste. I can't say with any certainty that when wine agency sponsor Carolyn Evans Hammond's YouTube channel, they are also buying favorable coverage of the Toronto Star. But I can say for a fact that all of them get it. I reached out to the agencies that did for comment. I asked them what they thought they were buying from Evans Hammond. Again, these are companies I know well, and I've never had any problem getting someone on the phone. But this time, nothing. Nobody even responded. So instead, I asked a media lawyer, Mira Obala from Taylor, Obala, Murray and Leyland, to help me understand what the rules are around this kind of thing in Canada. There's two things, right? First, there's the Competition Act. There's sections there that regulate influencer marketing that essentially say... Nobody that is promoting a product or business interest shall do anything that's knowingly or recklessly false or misleading, right? So essentially truth in advertising. And then there's also the Canadian Code of Advertising Standards. What that requires is that anybody who endorses something, so influencer or anybody else, makes it clear that they're, you know, that, that this is a paid endorsement, that they're, they're not just pushing this product because they really love it. So that's the law. If you're endorsing a product and you were paid by its owners to endorse it, you have to say so. But what if the owners paid for something else, like a YouTube video, and then you endorse the same product in a newspaper article? What if you did that almost every time? Your sponsors might not even care if YouTube videos were getting watched because they're getting bigger value elsewhere. And maybe that gets you around advertising laws. But there are other standards at play here, or at least... They're supposed to be. I reached out to Donovan Vincent, the Toronto Star's public editor, to ask about their journalistic standards and conflict of interest rules. He declined an interview, but guided me to the relevant parts of their code of conduct and journalistic standards policies. It says that the Star's independence from those we cover is a key principle of journalistic integrity. I also noted that the Star has a rule against its journalists purchasing followers or paying for any service to artificially inflate their social media following. Their policy says, we avoid conflicts of interest and the appearance of conflicts. So what does a conflict of interest appear like? To me, 
It looks like a bottle of Laurent Perrier champagne. A champagne that Evans Hammond featured in the Toronto Star and on her YouTube channel. A channel sponsored by Noble Estates, the agency that also represents Laurent Perrier champagne in Canada. But look, I like this champagne. I'm sure Carolyn Evans Hammond does too. In fact, she liked it so much, she reviewed it on May 19th of that year. Then again, on November 24th. Then in the newspaper on December 5th. And then again on YouTube on December 29th, 2022. The pattern is hard to ignore. And I want to finish by thinking about a question you might be asking. So what? I know I've been talking a lot about this one person, and I do think people should know about everything I just told you, but I don't think it's fair to lay all of these issues on Carolyn Evans Hammond alone. The fact is, wine writing is just a side hustle for me. If I was trying to make it my full-time job, I would also have to take work from both independent publications that cover wine and from companies that sell wine. News organizations can barely afford reporters these days, so nobody is hiring a full-time wine critic and safeguarding that critic's independence with a real salary. The only publication providing decent, steady work for some writers is owned by the liquor store itself. Meanwhile, there's just so much money at stake when it comes to guiding the consumer's tastes. This system practically ensures that influencers and sponsored content will dominate over people like me, who want to help people know what's really worth their money and what isn't. What's even more challenging is that these very loose rules have now blurred the line between what is journalism and what is paid content. Even those of us on the inside scroll through our own Instagram feeds and question who's being paid to say what and by whom. I know there are bigger problems in the world right now. In fact, there are much bigger problems in journalism right now. I completely get that. But I have to say, there is more to life than the things that hard news is all about. Getting back to why I fell in love with wine criticism in the first place. It was because it was such a relief from climate change, crime, corruption. Wine, like food, or movies, and travel, it's part of what makes us human. And I do think it's important to be able to talk about that stuff too, and talk about it honestly. So if there are secrets that people are kept in the dark about, if the LCBO and the wine agencies are pulling strings behind the scenes to mislead people into thinking that a cheap wine is adored by experts when it's not, well, I think that matters too. That's your Canada Land. I hope you enjoyed it. I've been hearing for like years now, you need a YouTube channel. You need to put your podcasts on YouTube. And I said, dear God, why? We work in audio. Why do we need a video channel? Well, my colleagues here have just launched one and uh, they shut me right up. Go have a look at Canada Land's YouTube channel. Check it out. If you like it, subscribe to it. If you value this podcast, please support us. We rely on listeners like you paying for journalism. As a supporter, you will get premium access to all of our shows ad-free. You'll get early releases and bonus content. You will get our exclusive newsletter. You will get discounts on Canada Land merch, invites and tickets to our live and virtual events. More than anything, you will be a part of the solution to Canada's journalism crisis. You'll be keeping our work free and accessible for everybody. Come join us now. Click on the link in your show notes or go to canadaland.com slash join. You can email me at jesse at canadaland.com. I read what you send. We're on Twitter at CanadaLand. Our website is canadaland.com. Today's show was reported by Andre Pru. Our senior producer is Bruce Thorson. 
Additional production and editing from Tristan Capicione. Our managing editor is Annette Ejofo. Our editor-in-chief here is Karen Pugliese. I'm your host, Jesse Brown. Our theme music is by So-Called. Syndications handled by CFUV, 101.9 FM in Victoria. Visit them online at cfuv.ca. You can listen to Canada Land ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.